This is an ABC podcast. G'day, how's it going? My name is Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Welcome to News Time. This is a show where every week we learn about five news stories from right around the world. And I need your help. So tell me, are you ready to count down the news with me? Yes, we're ready. Magnificent. Where should we begin? Story number five. Last weekend, there was an important day called Press Freedom Day. You probably know what the word press means. It's like when you press a button, right? Ah, but did you know that that word has another meaning? The press is also what we call journalists and all the people who help report the news. A journalist is someone who goes around finding information to put in the newspapers. A journalist writes or edits or takes photos for articles. A journalist is someone that shares news all around the world. Yep, just like me. I'm a journalist and I report the news to you every week right here on News Time. I am part of the press. The news is a way to find out what's happening in the world. It's important to know what's happening in the world so that you can look out for it. Yes, because there might be a tornado heading your way and you might not know, so you don't evacuate. It's important to know because it might affect us or we can make a difference to it. Spot on. There's lots of different kinds of news. But one thing all news has in common is facts. A fact is something that's proven real and educational. A fact is something that you can prove it's true. Nice. Let me give you an idea of how journalists collect facts for a news story. Let's say a new type of spider's been found in Australia. Well, I need the facts about where and when it was found and what it looks like. So I could do an interview with the person who discovered it. Then maybe I could talk to a spider expert. I might do my own research too. Then when I write my news story, I have lots of facts to share with news lovers like you. How do you find out facts when you need them? You can find information in books, online, asking a teacher or an adult. And ask them, do you know if this is a fact? Sounds like we've got some future journalists here. But remember to be careful because sometimes things that seem like news stories are actually made up. Or they don't have quite as many facts in them as they should. Now, back to Press Freedom Day. It's all about making sure journalists all over the world are allowed to keep asking questions so they can keep finding out facts and reporting on them. Now on to our next very fact-filled story. Story number four. Sheep, aren't they the best? Tell me some sheep facts. A sheep has... A small long head and two little pointy ears. One kind could be black, one kind could be white. One of the fluffiest sheep I've ever seen is one that lives down in Tasmania. Her name is Prickles. One day, seven long years ago, when Prickles was just a little lamb, she was left all alone. 
separated from her flock after a big fire at the farm she lived on. Luckily, nobody was hurt, but lots of fences burnt down and all the sheep got out. The Grey family, who owned the farm, they got most of their sheep back, but not Prickles. She was out in the bush all alone for seven years. Poor Prickles. When the Grey family finally caught sight of Prickles again, they didn't know what she was. She looked like a big ball of fluffy wool. Like a cloud, but with a face and legs. Yes, and she was in desperate need of a trim. Sheep need to get their wool sheared so they don't get too hot or too heavy. And us humans use that sheared wool to make things. You can use wool for making clothes like skirts, socks, blankets, hats. Prickles had a lot of wool on her. The Grey family set up a charity competition for people to guess the weight of all of it. People from all over the world sent in their guesses and donated money, which went to help out refugees. They raised more than $12,000. And the weight of the wool was... 13.6 kilograms. Whew, that is one heavy jacket. She was very fluffy and probably very hot. I think she feels nice and fresh and I hope when her wool goes back she doesn't go off again and her hair gets big again. Yeah, that would be a bad idea. Don't even think about it, Prickles. Okay, where are we headed next? Story number three. Our solar system is a beautiful thing. There's that giant planet of swirling gas called Jupiter and the perfectly smooth icy rings of Saturn. The galaxies that are out past the Milky Way are just as amazing. The reason we know that is because there's been a space photographer out there snapping pictures for us. It's not a person, though. It's the Hubble Space Telescope. You might have looked through a telescope before. They make things that are far away look closer, so you can see them in more detail. And there are all different types of telescopes. And for really big telescopes, you put them in an observatory? Yes, and then there's space telescopes like Hubble. Hubble is about the size of a bus and it weighs as much as two elephants. It was made here on Earth and then launched into space. It uses cameras to take pictures of what it sees and then sends them back down to us. Black holes or the planets, star systems... Probably asteroids. And it can see a shooting star. That would be very hard to find it in space when it's just floating around and you can't find it. Well, this telescope is in Earth's orbit, which means it moves in a big loop around our planet. The Hubble telescope's been doing laps around Earth for quite a while now. In fact, it's just celebrated its 30th birthday. Happy birthday, Hubble. This telescope has taught us a lot about the universe. It's helped us understand black holes and discover thousands of new galaxies and even work out how old the universe itself is. 16,000 million years old? More like 13 billion years old. Happy birthday, Hubble. You certainly are out of this world. All right, stargazers, let's head back to Earth for our next story. Story number two. 
Some unwelcome visitors have arrived in Alice Springs in central Australia, and they're causing a lot of bother. Can you guess who's come to town? I'll give you a clue. It's a type of insect. Huntsmen's maybe? Crickets? Uh-oh, here they are now. Oh, shoo! Flies? Flies. Flies, 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 flies. The buzzing black things with six legs and two wings. Yes, and on farms near Alice Springs, the air is thick with them. Farmers say that working outside is almost impossible. They can't talk or breathe through their mouths because there are flies buzzing everywhere. People say they even need to cover up their ears to stop the flies getting into their ear holes. Ugh, maybe because they found something very interesting. Well, the locals reckon the flies are in town because of poo. Poo? Central Australia has been through a tough drought. There hasn't been enough rain. Dung beetles usually live in this part of Australia and they're very useful insects because they like to eat poo and bury it. It's a great way to get rid of waste and it helps plants grow. And it's not yucky because there's nutrients in um, poo. The dung beetles are not good anymore because the flies are coming in. Yeah, dung beetles don't like the dry, so there's not many of them around. And that means flies. Farmers say they're trying to keep the flies off them with fly nets. You can hang fly nets from the edge of your hat down onto your shoulders and it keeps the flies away from your neck and face. There are so many flies that even the dogs and horses are wearing fly nets. Hopefully they buzz off soon. And you know what? Just like that, we are up to our last story. Story number one. There's a special day this weekend. It's Mother's Day. It's a day when we celebrate all the mums in the world for the love and care that they give us. Mother's Day when you give your mum some presents. So that our mums know that, that, that we love them. You might have a mum, or two mums, or a grandma, or someone else that looks after you just like a mum. Mothers are celebrated right around the world. In India, there's a 10-day festival to celebrate mums. And in Japan, it's traditional to thank your mum with a pretty white flower called a carnation. In France, Mother's Day is called La Fête des Mères, so that we can thank our mothers for all the things that they did for us. This year, Mother's Day is a little bit different to normal because most of us are staying at home to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. So some people might not be able to see their mums or grandma or auntie or another important grown-up in their life. My grandma, I love her as well and she loves me. I just wish I could see them because they're in a different country. Well, I miss her, so I wish I could see her. It is tough, but maybe you can catch up with a phone call or send a lovely letter. Oh, you can send it a present? It's nice to call them on the phone. How will you say thank you to your mum or another important grown-up this Mother's Day? Give her presents like some perfume and breakfast in bed. You could make a a little card for your mum or you could draw your mum a picture. Nice! What's your favourite thing about your mum? That she's awesome. 
She loves me and I love her as well. She puts our needs in front of hers. Well, I like my mum giving us our cereal. Some of my favourite things about my mum is that she loves me and she's really nice. Sounds like a bunch of great mums. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day, Mum. I love you. Happy Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mum. And that's it, my friends. We've reached the end of our countdown. Thank you so much for your help and all your wonderful ideas. I am off to find some fresh news stories for next week's show. I'll catch you then. Bye, Ruby. Bye, Ruby. Bye, Ruby. See you later. 